Howdy, Chad. Howdy, Cameron. Did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, I mean, in the future, probably. Yeah, I probably did, too. That's all. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, today is Thursday. Had the day off, and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? Because I'm working on this uh, this vocal cover of the song. I was like, I'm going to set my camera up. I, I swiped a tripod from work so I could actually, like, properly, you know, support the camera, which is my phone. So it's not a not breaking any 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 uh any molds there, but <clears throat> I get everything set up. I I start I hit record and I start recording and uh trying to you know get this exactly perfect because I want I want like some authenticity here, right? Normally, if you look at music videos and whatnot, like they're lip singing, um, but because I'm still like mid recording, I was like, no, I want to get this right, which I understand why I don't do that anymore because that's actually really fucking hard. But I kept. I kept looking at myself like I'd go back and review the footage and be like, I look like shit. I, I I don't like pictures of me, right? I don't like video of me and I tend to avoid them. And I don't know why I thought this might be different, uh, but it wasn't. And so I ended up scrapping it all. And I don't know what to do in place of footage because, okay, I'm going to continue working on this because I've, I've sunk some time into it and I'm trying to learn to do this song like kind of a stepping stone for me. Uh, and I want to put it on YouTube, but I, I was kind of excited to like, it, and then my friends will be able to physically see me performing it. And I'm like, no, 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 we're not, we're not going to do that no more. Um, I was thinking next time me and my brother play Dark Souls, because we're going to go hit the DLC pretty soon and go kill Frida. Maybe I'll just, I'll just turn, you know, shadow play on. <laughs> and it'll just be Dark Souls going. But I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, um, either on being camera shy or just like things to use as footage. I like stock footage. That would actually be really funny. Um, it kind of depends on what you're really trying to accomplish. Like, do you want it to be funny or do you want to set a mood? Well, and that's the thing. Um, cause I don't know. And the amount of work I'm putting into this, like I, I kind of don't want it to be funny, but also since I'm not going to be on it, like the other option was to just like film my cat for three minutes and just like chase me around the house or whatever. And just use that. Like the, the, the a tier thing that I decided to do, I'm no longer doing like, even if I, I might try again tomorrow and set the camera up again, but I, I have a feeling like I will never like how I look on camera. I, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to critique things like, oh, my facial expression is dumb here. Or I'm moving my hands too much or I'm not moving my hands enough. You know, and I'm just kind of standing there looking bored. Um, I'm not good enough to get away with that. Or I'm noticing I, I'm breathing kind of improperly. Like you can really see my shoulders go up and down because I'm nervous and I'm trying to get this correct. And so good technique goes out the fucking window when you hit that record button. It's really frustrating, but it has historically been very true for me. And so there's just so much shit going on that like gets me in my own head. Whereas if I'm just Nicolas Cage in Dark Souls 3 fighting a boss and my brother's there as handsome Squidward, um, it's stupid, but it's something to look at. And that's because the reverse option is just to not have anything, which I don't want to do. So I want to go back to the uh, anxiety you seem to feel when you hit record. Mm-hmm. Do you ever just kind of close your eyes and pretend you're Nicolas Cage singing? No, I've never tried that. Because you kind of, maybe it helps if you like try this on VR chat or something, but it's just, you, you have it in you, the human brain is capable of like doing things. 
that our id gets in the way of. And if you just tell yourself, I won't be anxious this time and try it once, you might surprise yourself. So I think I think like in a live setting, I understand that would work in like a studio setting, though. Like I'm trying to match um, what's on the song like perfectly, which means if he's uh, if I'm a little short or, or a little, you know, a little late coming in, like I'm like, fuck, I got to redo that. And so there's a, a quality yeah. pressure that. But no one's watching and you can redo it. Right, right. Well, that was the thing, right? Because I was trying to do that with the camera on. And so I spent like, you know, 40 minutes on the first verse and the first refrain. I'm like, this is, this isn't working. Like, this is going to take a long time. Now, this is my comedy bit. This is how I would do it. Okay. Uh, The first, I want to say 30 seconds or so. uh, The video is of you singing in your mic. um, But then you get frustrated and stop singing. And like walk away, and the song is still playing, but it's like you're using the wrong footage. Oh, that's and then actually the camera just like goes to your kitchen, and you get a bowl of ice cream and eat the ice cream and cry, and then you get some like whiskey, and then you go back to the computer and try again while the song's still playing over that footage. God, I wish I wish I had it in me to do that. Um, I don't, but that would be really funny. Like I, there's a charisma that. I think you need to naturally have if you want to be a front man to a band. I don't have that charisma. And there's like there's other I'm not knocking uh the 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 front man the shadow of intent. But like I've seen him in interviews. He's very quiet. He's kind of reserved. He seems nervous. And I've seen him on stage and he's very talented. He is so good at what he does. But there's a presence he does not have and I feel like what he does on stage it feels a little forced like he doesn't naturally have that charisma to be a front man to like this big band whereas when we saw born of osiris go on next like that dude was like everyone's just like your eyes are instantly on him like he's got that natural born i'm commanding everybody in this room and i don't know if you can learn that it just seems like something you're that that kind of extrovertedness that you either have or you don't and you can obviously get away without it but uh, yeah, it's noticeable. I don't have it, and I obviously I'm not going to be the front man to a band. I'm never going to tour. I'll probably never perform other than like drunk at karaoke. But it does. It, I feel like it transfers into this idea of like, oh, I'm going to film myself for for Facebook or whatever. And it's like, mm, don't like it though. I don't. I just. It's like it's missing something. It just doesn't work. Whereas comedy shit, like, I I still think I need. There's a there's a certain level of um uh, confidence you need to be funny, to be, to, to, to do that as a joke and make it work. And I don't know if I have that either. I mean, hell, doing comedy bits on this show and staying in character for more than three lines is like a struggle, right? So I told you I'm listening to that Norm MacDonald book. Mm-hmm. He's so brilliant. Like the running gags he works into the book. He handles self-depreciating humor so well. And uh, there's a part where he's talking about when he got the position on Saturday Night Live to do the weekend update news. And he he tells this like just totally fake story of how it really happened. Oh, nice. But the negotiation was basically since he has no talent, but they already hired him. What they could do is they give him a job where he reads lines that are on a cue card two feet in front of his face. <laughs> And instead of writing his own material, they'd have writers write the material, which would give him more time to practice reading cue cards 
since he's known to write approximately one to two jokes per year and spend the rest <laughs> of his time practicing reading cue cards two feet in front of his face. And just the way that he reads it so flatly, like this is just a thing that you practice normally. And it just, it all came together and it's just done so well. It's a kind of thing where like I can try to emulate his humor and I can tell you a good Norm Macdonald joke, but I could never write a good Norm Macdonald joke. Sure. And I'm trying to find what my comedic voice is because I don't yeah. know. It's <laughs> kind of funny the 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 crossover correlation stuff between um uh singers and musicians and comedians. Like there's a lot. Like that's a that's a Venn diagram with a big overlap. Just like finding your sound, yourself, your your style. And then having the confidence to deliver that appropriately. And, it, and I mean, it's a huge deal. You know, people spend years and years and years perfecting this and getting to their, you know, the, this point where they can really do a good job in a live setting or in a studio setting. Like it, it, it all, it's a journey. Like it is a really weird journey because it's not just about learning how to write a good joke or read an audience so you can, you know, spitball off that joke, but you still have to like really communicate it. And it's a, you're acting up there, right? Like your whole body is part of the joke. Even if you're not a physical comedian, you're still selling it with the little movements of your body, how you're holding the bike, how you're reaching for your glass of water when you need it or whatever. Like all of that stuff goes into a performance. And I would bet a decent amount of that is scripted or at least thought about ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it takes a lot of uh, planning and work to put something together. I can't remember who said it, but the it's basically like the best stage banter is scripted. And it's funny because you think of stage banter as not scripted because they're trying to, you know, just goof around on stage. And But most of it, no, they, they plan that out and they plan out exactly when they're going to do it because there, there's a lot of st strategy there, right? Like, oh, these, this song was really difficult to perform for maybe the drummer or maybe the singer. So... We'll do 30 seconds of banter back and forth, and that just gives people like a breather. Someone can go grab a glass of water, right? Take a chug. Uh, maybe go grab a different guitar because the next song's in a different key, and now we're not holding up the show as much, or at least, you know, we're covering it up. And when you start thinking about live shows like that, it becomes so exhausting. Like, you, you just think, oh, they just go up there and they effortlessly do it. It's like, no, never. Like, that is never the case unless you're, doing bars locally <laughs> but when you get to the next level and this is going to be with comedians too like you you have to plan all that out and you are basically like acting out a script but making it look like you're not and that i can't do it that which is fine because i'm not trying but just jesus it, it just makes me tired yeah i mean i think that's the goal in any form of entertainment is you want the audience to get lost in the moment and not realize the work that goes into making something but that becomes a double-edged sword where it's like oh you're a comedian tell me a joke and yeah it's like, N no <laughs> uh yeah it is a lot of work i sometimes i'll have a joke in mind like something will strike me funny and it's like oh that would be a funny joke but i'll think about it and it's like i don't know how to put that into a set like i can't write actual stand-up material around it sure. it's more like you had to be there where it's like oh man if someone was standing right next to me i could have made him giggle yeah 
my sense of humor is the same. And I've, I've definitely had people at work like, oh, you should, you, you could be a comedian. You're really funny. It's like, yeah. <laughs> no, I make fun of you really well at work. I can't turn that into jokes for people that would laugh at them. This doesn't actually translate. And that's the thing. It's like, I don't know if you've ever seen somebody just totally bomb because they think they're funny. And it's like they've never thought about what it means to be funny before. But I'll see people like go up on stage in VR chat. We'll have like open mic night and someone's like, I'll be a comedian. And they'll go up there and it's always like, okay, so uh the the president he's in charge because everyone voted for him right but i didn't vote for him so it, it is that does that make am i my president of me Th- thank you yeah joe's uh because he does a lot more of that open mic stuff than i do like friday nights mm-hmm. he usually logs in after a couple drinks and goes to those areas and just hangs out and it sounds like there are a lot of people that are not funny that think they're funny. And I think I think that's the case with a lot like having too much self-awareness is kind of a curse because you just just and you get in your own head you're like I will never be good at this thing or I am always going to critique every little thing and I can't just be happy with the performance. But not having enough self-awareness is its own problem because you 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 get this inflated confidence and then you go up and perform and you're like I did great. And everyone's like, "Oh, that was mediocre or that was bad." Yeah. And actually back to the topic of planning, uh I was really proud of that one video I did where I'm I'm spray painting oh, uh, yeah. to the music. And I've gotten compliments on that one. And I, I've just I'm really curious what people feel when they're watching it. Because I've heard a couple people where they'll they just don't see the ending coming at all. Like they thought it was actually building towards a cool painting. And it's like that's the best compliment i could get that i was able to direct someone's uh understanding right to set up for that punchline where it's just a bad painting because to me it's like is this too obvious <laughs> but it didn't matter because i farted it out in an afternoon sure and it's funny because um, to me i was like oh i don't know what he's going to show at the end but it's not going to be that painting but i'm also right been friends you- with you for like a decade so yeah, you see that coming a bit, but it's like when someone doesn't know me and they're watching it and they're like, oh, 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 what? LOL upvote? Yeah. And I hope that if anyone's watching that, they don't stop and think about all the cameras I had to set up and how I did every effect. I hope it blends together because ideally you just sort of watch a video and it's like it makes you giggle or it doesn't and you move on. And, and see, not that's like the thing with this your videos. hard thing that I'm usually impressed by because I work with that enough where like I can see the transitions and the effects, but I think like what you, you do them really well and for how fast you like get stuff done. Like it is really impressive the quality you can get in like your videos in an afternoon. Well, thank you. (laughs) I had an idea. I'm not going to do this. so I don't mind sharing it, but I really wanted to do a Christmas video this year. Mm -hmm. And when I gave up on the music stuff, I had an idea for, a parody of uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And I wanted to do this in VR chat where George Bailey's going to throw himself off the bridge, but the angel comes and says, oh, you don't want to do that. Let me show you what the world would be like without you. Um, And instead of going to like the nightmare version of his reality, he just goes to like VR chat. <laughs> why, why Clarence? There, there's femboys everywhere. 
What, what are all these e-girls drunk for? Clarence. I can see that working. Clarence, That's I want to see and... my wife. It's like, oh, you don't want to see your wife. She's a furry now. Oh, oh no. Oh, no, Mary. I, I think that would be funny. I just, I, I'm thinking about the execution, and it's like, I don't know what avatar to use for that. It's just, the, the idea made me laugh in my head, so I thought I would share the concept. Sure. Here's another question for you on someone on this topic, but like, would you be comfortable actually showing your face on a YouTube video? Um, It would depend on the video. Because that was the other big thing that was kind of tripping me up too. And especially where I was like, this has to be perfect because if I post this and people find it, strangers find it, they're going to see me performing and YouTube's not a nice place. I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know. Did I ever show you my soup skit? Um, I'm not sure. I'm going to have to see if I can find this video because I did an old video like long ago. Um, but up, but up. You keep talking and I'll dig through this. Oh shit. Um Ah, that was silent. There was, there was no talking there. I did I did the exact opposite of what you asked me to do cuz I'm a little scamp. Uh I appreciate that. Thank you. It was interesting. So, I don't think I talked cuz I had the my office Christmas party, which I don't believe that was what last week, so I haven't talked about that with you. And that was that was a good time. Um but there was a karaoke machine. Did not do it. It was interesting oh, seeing no. most people treat karaoke the way you and Alex do. Because I, I don't go to a lot of... Well, I haven't been to a karaoke bar since I was in college. So, like, I don't see a lot of this stuff. I'm not... I just... I have, like, assumptions or whatever. And so, like, three people that I work with, very drunk, uh, drag each other up, and they're giggling, and they play I Like Big Butts, but none of them actually wanted to sing it. And so they took turns being really bad at singing it until they just kind of stopped and just danced. For like the rest of the song. And it was really funny. And they were having a good time. That's um, good. A little embarrassed because I brought it up early later on in the night. And, and one of them was like, you fucking saw nothing, Chad. You saw nothing. And I was like, I saw nothing. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, don't you forget it. And she walked away. Um, But like the, the, the no pressure, right? Like most of the people that went up there were at best mediocre. Because most people are not trained singers or like used to performing in a fucking bar full of people like that that's just a fact and that's fine and so you get someone up there who like is on key the whole song and you're like hey this was great she 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 sang the song on key versus like the last four people and i don't know i don't i'm not sure where i'm going with this other than like it's it was it, it was nice to know like the way you and alex treat our vr chat hangouts when we do this stuff like like this is a joke and we're here to have a good time and literally that's it. It's like okay, that 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 is the way to do it. Like all this weird pressure that at least I personally put on myself is dumb. I don't know why I'm turning this episode into like therapy for me because this is definitely like hey, guess what we're going to talk about Chad's bullshit tonight. Uh didn't mean to do that. So here we they are. added karaoke on the Sims 4. Oh yeah. And there's like a singing skill. And it's kind of like any other music skill where it's like as they level up they play better. But they actually recorded uh, like Sim talking gibberish in off-key singing that gets progressively better. That's funny. And it's very interesting because you hear them like they'll not only just like get the key wrong, 
but it's like they'll forget the word and go uh uh bungy that bun scoops and get nervous and it's really funny because it's like I had this one sim that she loved to sing in the shower and she leveled up her singing and went out for karaoke night. And then she was uh, doing a duet with this other guy and he could not sing. And it literally ruined her, her like night. And she oh, was no. angry for three days. That's funny. But it was just funny. Cause like hearing her sing well and him not. And then she's like pouting in the corner. Like, why'd I come here? I hate this. This is a stupid bar. It was just really funny to me. I'm glad though that, that that's relatable to me because, you know, I, I felt bad that I didn't go up and, and do it. I was like prepared. I was going to, and then it just, just didn't happen. And I had like so many excuses as to why, but I mean, obviously the, the, the outcome was the same. I didn't do it and I feel kind of bad about it, but I was also like so nervous with the idea of it that when I decided I wasn't going to do it, like the party got more enjoyable. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Don't forsake your fun at a party, but going back to the idea of filming a video for fun, I think you can find the fun in it, and you might have psyched yourself out of it. I think you just got to reel yourself back in. Yeah, maybe. Uh, we'll see how I feel tomorrow. Um, at the very least, I want to start, because I dual track everything, so I have this first track done with this. So I got to I gotta re-sing everything just basically the exact same way, and that is difficult to do. Um if I'm like chunking out the song, like, okay, I'm going to sing this minute and then I'll stop and I'll do a cut and then I'll sing this minute. But normally I go line by line. And so that's a lot easier to get right. If you're only focusing on like 10 seconds at a time versus 60. And, and so there is a, I mean, th th there's going to be a naturally difficult part of doing this regardless, right? If I decide to do it and don't psych myself out, I'm still going to have to like be on the money for chunks at a time that I don't normally aim for. I think you can do it. I have confidence. I think I can do it too. And one of the reasons I want to is I want to say I can perform this song. Like I, it will make me feel good to know that I can do it and I can, I, I've definitely performed it, you know, all the way through even multiple times in a row, but not like to any level of accuracy. But in order to do that, it just takes a lot of practice and Practice sucks. It's at a certain point, it's not fun anymore. It's work. Uh, I mean, it is work. <laughs> it it sucks. Like I'm on my I'm I'm, I'm on my fourth draft of, of the current book I'm working on, and you know, draft the first draft is fun because you're writing it, and the second draft is kind of fun because you're fixing a lot of bullshit, and then the third draft can be kind of fun because you're fixing the stuff that you missed, but other people found, and then by like draft four, it's like man. I don't fucking work on this anymore. And I got one more I got to do after this. And it, and I know though, the, the for any creative endeavor, like you're always going to hit this wall where it's not fun anymore. It's work. And whether you push over that wall or not is kind of like the make or break. And so I, you just got to do it. If, if I want to get this book done and I and send it off to agents so they can reject it, I literally have to get through it. And I just got it. I got to put in the work, but it it I don't know. It it sucks to where when the, the glamorous part is gone and you're just like, no, this is the this is the have a cup of coffee and turn some music on and you know the next hour of my day is gonna be kinda kinda shit, but we gotta do it anyways. Well, did you learn your lesson? Um 
I I don't know. Is there a lesson? Is I think the lesson is I got to stop being such a dumbass, but I'm not a very good therapist. No, that's okay. Uh I should be I should be using the podcast as therapy, but I I don't know. Also that video you sent me is unavailable. Oh, really? I can adjust that. I have no idea if any of the things I say are worth listening to. So, hi listeners, hi Richard. Sounds like Hi, we're going to have you on you next doing? week's episode. Going to try that. Um, okay, I fixed the video. On topic. Oop. This is 10 years ago. I think I have seen this. Oh, that was kind of cute. It's kind of cute. It's like uh, anti-humor. A little bit. Like in a, a Tim and Eric kind of style, which I think influenced a lot of the stuff that I was experimenting with at the time. You you're, you you have a certain level of like energy that's kind of low and doesn't give a shit, but there's still enough there where you clearly do. Like you, you hit this balance where it was engaging. Like I Like if I were you and I put that out, I wouldn't be embarrassed by it, right? I'd be like, oh, this is kind of funny. And, you know, the, the the quality on the camera, everything was a little yellow, needed to be color corrected. But, like, that was the only thing I really noticed. I was like, oh, welcome to cameras. Yeah, welcome to cameras. I think it's different, though. We judge our we judge ourselves way differently than we judge other people. And that like That's not yes. a, a thrilling statement at all, but it's super true. And so, like. The it's pressure I put on myself. It's very important to really understand that. Yeah, like, I'll do something and I'll be like, that sucked. And I'll, someone else will be like, that was good. I don't understand why you're mad. And I could be like, no, it's because of this and this and this and this. And like, I don't get it. I don't. I didn't notice any of that. And I, now that I do, I don't care. Like, so I don't know. I, I, I guess, like, if I really wanted to be, um, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but like, it's like I was made fun of in high school so for over so much stuff. Like maybe it's just like this complex I still have, but I I don't think it's actually that. I think that's just an excuse that will win me sympathy points. <laughs> Not with me. Not with you. <laughs> okay, so on the topic of creating uh, garbage just because it's fun and we're self conscious about it, like I think that's the theme tonight. I guess yeah. Um. I I was talking to our friend Chris, who likes visual novels. Does that sound right? Uh yeah, he, he, we had him on, correct? I think so. Or that was a fever dream, I don't remember. No, we definitely had someone come on and talk about visual novels, because that episode has like a ton of views. Yeah, well, because he's working on a visual novel. So mm-hmm. I was talking to him about it, and he, he agrees with me where there's this weird thing that visual novels, for some reason have to be like romance novels and he's not sure why that is like it's a pretty valid form for any kind of story or at least it should be sure and there's not a lot of examples of non-romantic visual novels and it's one of those things where it's left me thinking about like well i should make a visual novel because it's uh feasible to do that like that's actually within my reach yeah Excuse me. And 
being me, I always kind of go for this weird anti-humor garbage thing where it's like, oh, how uh, how meta should this be? How fourth wall breaking should this be? You know, should the whole thing be self-aware that it's a visual novel? Uh, do the characters not want to be in the visual novel and they're trying to get out? Sure. And it's just, that's a thought experiment I have in my head of like, what would a good visual novel actually be that plays with the tropes without uh, hand-holding the reader to get all the jokes, you know? Yeah, I don't know how you balance that. Because I don't really, I don't play visual novels, right? I don't read them. Like, I, I, I have very little experience with that as a medium. So when you're like, oh, they're mostly romances, I was like, oh, I didn't know that. A lot of them, in fact, I think visual novel is the proper term, but a lot of people just call them, like, uh, dating simulators. Oh, okay. Which isn't correct, because they're not all romance novels. Like, you can, in fact, uh, someone was telling me once that uh, Phoenix Wright is kind of a visual novel. And it really is. It's mostly just talking to characters. Sure. And there is a puzzle element of presenting the case at the end, but it's basically a visual novel. Have you ever played Doki Doki Literature Club? Uh, no, I I know the spoiler in it, right? Like, I know the broad strokes of it, and so I don't know if there's really a reason for me to play it. Yeah, it's a classic. Um, I actually, I just got the physical edition because I saw it at Best Buy, and it's like, I kind of want that on my shelf. Oh, that's cool. But it's a classic specifically because it's like a, um, not parody, but it, plays with the medium so well that it's like oh this is a very weird kind of example of one but it also only works if you like the genre and have played a lot of them right kind of like there's the anime tropes (laughs) oh i saw a great picture you know that thing where like the girl's late for school so she's like running to school and she has toast in her mouth right You familiar with that? No. Oh, you mean yeah, like, yeah, like she comes in. Yeah, she's still eating breakfast as she walks in. Sure. Well, no, she's like running down the street with toast in her mouth. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Like, like I think I think there's like a handful of scenes in K on where that happens. Yeah. So I was looking for a good shot of that for reference of a picture I was drawing, and I stumbled upon this great one where there's like three girls, and two of them both have toast in their mouth. But the third one just has an entire loaf, and the other two are like, "Wow, she's so much better than us." <laughs> and like it's just a mandatory uh, part of being an anime schoolgirl is you have to run around with bread in your mouth. You know what? I want I want this picture, but it's it's there. It's a human centipede of anime girls, and then the front one has toast in their mouth, and they're like running like on all fours to school. <laughs> or have you ever read that dinosaur one? Oh, God. No, I don't think so. There's a joke thing, but it was like photorealistic dinosaurs that go to Japanese high school. Yeah, I definitely remember seeing that. Yeah, there's like a great shot of like a giant T-Rex that has like a little piece of toast in her mouth while she's like, I'm late for school. That's funny. I I love playing with tropes like that. Um, Yeah, it's kind of great. Like, the internet has made it so... So much more fun because you can just take them to like the absurd, right? Um, we talked about Garfield a while back, 
but uh, Super Eyepatch Wolf put a video out on like Garfield and kind of like the the weird fandom that has sprouted up around Garfield, and that that's a big part of that absurdity, right? Is like the Garfield as an eldritch horror, Garfield as a uh, abuser to John in some you know either physical or or emotional way, like what started off as kind of like this dumb joke has turned into it its own like art genre and it i love it it's 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 insane it's absolutely bad shit <laughs> i found the most bizarre it won't let me copy paste this picture i'm looking for garfield while you're just you're talking about garfield you just sent me the strangest coffee mug no, this, mug. The, the coffee mug is tame. I found this sweater. Oh, come on. Open faster for me, you piece of shit. God damn it. Facebook's I, been slow tonight. Facebook has been fucking weird lately. This this site does not like... I think it doesn't like Firefox, which I guess welcome to the club. So do, so a bunch no, of, I'm on Chrome. It's oh. not any better here. I'm seeing orange legs sticking up and then something between them, but then like the... the the picture will not load. It's a little Garfield. And it says Garfield when I was born. Oh, God. Okay, yeah, I see it. So you can show your Garfield pride. What a, what a strange thing that people do. Yeah. I like it, though. Like, I think if, if I were really good at drawing or painting, like, I wonder... How many times a year I would sit down and do something like this? Just something really bizarre and kind of gross and offensive just because the joke of it existing would be worth the effort. And, you know, it's weird how the pop culture stuff is kind of how you get attention. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching a stream. Uh, Film Cow does some great videos. I love his work. And I was watching him stream and he was taking questions and it's like, People ask him, well, what's your writing process? Like when you have a new skit that you haven't done with the characters before, how do you decide on the characterization? And it's like, well, sometimes so you don't have to rewrite scripts. And he'll do this like thoughtful process of explaining the answer. And someone else has a really interesting question about like, well, how do you do your backgrounds? What programs do you use? Like, well, it doesn't, you know, I, I use different things for different stuff. And talk like depth. And someone said like, uh, when you did the Sonic video, did you know that would be really popular? And he's like, yes. Sure. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, if people Google Sonic and get a result, and that's how it works. It's interesting how things can, like... One of the most popular things I ever wrote, this was a long time ago, well, four or five years ago, um, it was an essay on Halo and Couch Co-op because Halo 5 was launching and it didn't have it. And I basically, right. it was kind of this rant about like how I, I couldn't play Couch Co-op anymore. What the fuck happened to it? Look at all these games that used to have it and all these games that are coming out now. That, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it got shared on Reddit and it got like 10,000 views. Um, and I, I didn't expect that at all. And, you know, no one actually followed the blog. That was just people read that and were like, yeah, what the fuck, right? And then moved on. Uh, didn't care about anything else I had to say, which is fine. And so things can blow up and you don't understand why. But then, like, when I put out that uh, that Sonic Underground video, like, I kind of figured that was going to do better than the new EP because it people will search for Sonic. And it has done right. better. Like, it's got, like, twice the views, which still isn't a lot, but it's, you know, 
that doesn't surprise me. Um, it's recognizable. Yeah. Or the fact that like the, the, the two pony fanfics I wrote have more views than any of the other fiction I've written. Yeah, and I always get that weird feeling when I go to a convention and it's like there's artists who are selling their comic book and then there's other artists that sell prints of Sailor Moon that they drew. Yeah. In a goofy art style. And it's like I respect the other guy more, but also it's like, A, that's your living. I mean, if you want to sell posters, people want a Sailor Moon poster. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't had the opportunity to learn about a uh, Drayborn and the Dragon Apprentice, and it that could be better than Sailor Moon, but no one knows it yet. Right. Uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like, but I, that's like my catchphrase tonight. Jesus Christ. Um, but the people that make their living off of fan art or just like other stuff in general, right? Because they're like entire YouTube channels dedicated to reacting to songs or uh, talking about various properties in depth like saber spark does videos on cartoons he doesn't write his own stuff he writes stuff about stuff right and and just the the way like these high like little hive minds or whatever form around things like if i were going to do a a go to comic-con and have like a booth and i had my own stuff and i had sailor moon stuff i would definitely pack three times as much or ten times as much of the sailor moon stuff because people want that and so I know people that write a lot of fan fiction or do a lot of fan art. And I'm always part of me is just like, why don't you do your original stuff? Like you're good at this. Like you could make your own characters and your own worlds and you could, you know, make something really cool. But no one's going to give a shit about that. And I can't I, I can no longer begrudge people for that. Right. Yeah, I, I actually remember in an art class I had in college, my teacher told us, uh, don't do fan art. You want to make sure that you always do things that you have the rights to own. And I thought that was really interesting advice. But like most art teachers giving advice, they issue it like a command. Like, don't use black shade. That's the art rule. And it's like, fuck off. It's good information to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Being understanding of uh, when you put out that Sailor Moon poster, what you're... uh, position actually is that's important to be aware of but that's a decision for you to make it's also there's a market aspect to it too where i mean you can probably buy official sailor moon posters but the ones you're going to find that are hand done at comic-con i mean they're going to be in a style or they're going to be of a subject matter they're going to have something that is missing from the official merch and I, we've probably all been on eBay or Amazon looking for a thing that we couldn't find on the official store. But like, well, that has to exist. I want a keychain for this band, but they don't have them in any on their store. But I can find them on Etsy because someone's like, oh, I, I have the things to make keychains. I can print, you know, a Godsmack logo on a piece of metal that you can attach to your car keys. Like, well, someone's doing it. Why not buy from them then? Because it's what I'm looking for. So... I, I kind of wonder, you know, the, the, the relationship between the, the the property owner and the fan artist, like, there's a lot of give and take there. Like, they kind of help each other out. Like, the, the more fan art there is of your property, the bigger, the more people will see it, right? Like, you have a, a bigger cultural spread. Yeah. No, that's a reality. 
Which is why it was always weird when like uh, Nintendo would would put the kibosh on like fan projects that started getting just a little too big, whereas Sega largely doesn't give a shit. I mean, lately they were as bad as Nintendo most of their existence. Ah. In fact, uh, Sonic Mania that came out of a cease and desist that shut down a project. Oh, really? Yeah, they were working on Sonic the Hedgehog 2 HD, which was a fan project to up-res all the sprites and the animations and stuff. Oh. And so that was getting too big, but they were faithfully recreating how the Genesis ran to simulate the same kind of physics without it actually being proprietary. And I think that's something that somebody at Sega recognized, like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Maybe we hire these people since I don't remember what Sonic is and this person does. Yeah, at a certain point, like I get what like what they were doing is probably getting a little too close to actually stepping on the official product. Yeah. If you're remaking something, that makes sense. But it also makes sense why you would hire them then because like they clearly care and they're good at it. You're good enough to be a threat. You might as well hire them. Yeah. And that's the difference, right? The person selling Sailor Moon merch at Comic-Con is not a threat to toey animation or whoever puts out sailor moon i don't think so no (laughs) it's a it's a muddy area it's a gray area i think it's frustrating when people make decisions that i disagree with but also most of the times i don't see decisions that are like that's over the line it's kind of like well if you didn't invent sailor moon right i don't know and and I've talked about this a little bit before, too, but, like, sometimes fan art or fan fiction, like, that stuff, it can be a really nice palate cleanser. Like, I get why people do it. I, I don't know if I would want it to be a major part of my artistic identity unless it was making me, like, actual money, then sure. But even then, there's there's the stuff I really want to do, and then there's the stuff where, like, man, I'm tired. I'll do this instead for a week. And, and that could be a nice nice little break and and you can just like create something that's fun um musical covers i was having fun doing those for a little bit right or or trying to and you don't have to write anything you don't have to compose anything the song's there you just have to transpose it to different instruments and then who cares if you don't really sound good the whole point is to 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 make something that's kind of stupid that shouldn't exist like it goes back to that thought versus oh, I'm, I'm going to compose a song from scratch and I'm trying to tell a story or get a, a specific emotion across and it has to be, like, kind of perfect because this is my artistic standpoint kind of thing, right? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, there's a person in my writer's group who basically only writes My Hero Academia, like, fan fiction and a lot of it's romance stuff. Does a lot of that. And uh, gets way more views than anybody else in the writer's group. But, like, well... At what cost? I think as long as you have a goal in mind and you ask yourself if you're reaching that goal, whatever you're doing is fine. Because sometimes you really do just want to decompress or just have fun. I think some people, you know, they, they want to have an art career. And some of the decisions they make don't necessarily build towards that career. Sure. Um, I know a guy that's kind of been having a rough time lately because... Uh, just the way that like Twitter works, the algorithm isn't helping him any mm-hmm. and he's getting less attention and less eyes on his stuff with every like passing month. 
and he's been having like a real like mental breakdown over it because it's just everything's been kind of falling apart and it's uh it's interesting because whenever he talks about it the advice people always give him is don't use twitter for art like find other platforms that are better for art because it's just so the algorithm on twitter is like a conversation based thing so when you just post a picture it doesn't cycle the same way you have to like be aware of that and he's like i'm just so frustrated and it's like man i don't know i think one of the things that's interesting too is uh, everything that like i do as a hobby there's this like little alarm bell in the back of my head right like you know hashtag content um and that that could be like mini painting like, i enjoy this it's a fun hobby I watch people like paint these figures and make these videos and they have tips and tricks and they, they do this fun stuff and they have these personalities and you're like, I wonder if I could do that too. And it's like, well, no, I'm, I'm not good enough for that bar, you know, but also not everything I do needs to wind up on the internet. Like, and the more I remind myself about things like that or that, that, that rule, like the more I enjoy or can enjoy stuff because not everything needs to be a podcast story. Not everything needs to be a picture for Facebook. Like, most things don't. Uh, I almost never take pictures of anything because I just, I don't, I just don't see the need. Like, if I take pictures of my cats, like, I'll text them to Emily, and that's it. Like, I don't post them anywhere, and that's fine. <laughs> so, so for tin, uh, for dinner today, I had a really big plate of nachos from my favorite Mexican restaurant, and I got a big old beer. Nice. And I sat down at my table, and I had this plate of nachos and a beer and i just thought man this is the perfect dinner this is exactly what i want right now and my thought was i want to take a picture of this and share this picture with people Mm -hmm. and i had to like stop myself and go like no one cares that i'm eating nachos and i just i didn't take my phone out (laughs) i just enjoyed my nachos um yeah i have to consciously uh, turn off content mode sometimes it's such a weird thing that we have to do like like 20 years ago no one was fucking thinking about their lives that way yeah <laughs> it's definitely a different kind of thing but there's always this like this like hidden lottery idea that like what if i take the perfect picture of a nachos and post it on twitter and then it gets like a million views and then people know me and it's like well it's just it's not gonna happen no one cares like but there's that little thing, though, because someone else maybe took a picture of nachos that was so perfect that it got shared everywhere. Or someone made a joke and that got shared everywhere, right? Like, we live every day, everything we do that we can photograph or video feels like it can be entered into this lottery of, of social media and social presence. And I mostly find that terrifying because I'm afraid I will wind up in that picture, but I'll be doing something stupid. <laughs> like, I'll be sneezing on... I, and like snot will fly out of my nose and someone will capture that and be like, look at this guy. And then, you know, like, like there's a hide your pain Herald guy that with the stock photos, like I'll have some shitty nickname and people will be like interviewing me for vice or whatever. And the, the world will fall apart. And it's like, well, the world doesn't revolve around me, so it's not going to happen. But there is this like point zero 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 one percent chance that it could like we, we live in the we live in a timeline where where these things are capable of happening and it's fucking weird it is weird uh, I, I was talking to you earlier this week about how i want to do like a kid's book and just yeah. self-publish it and so my plan like my new year's resolution 
this year I want to just make a children's book and I'm going to self-publish it because I can't lose. Right. You know, there's not like a net gain uh, or rather a, a net loss that it won't sell enough because it's just like digital copies and print on demand, you know? Yep. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to do it. But I was thinking about it and I thought I want to do a pen name that sounds like a children's author. Cause I feel like my name doesn't sound like a children's author name. That's fair. And it's like, I, I thought of the perfect name as like, boy, I think I really like this name. And now I have this dream of, seeing my pen name on a shelf in a bookstore. And it's very interesting because I never had to, the dream of seeing Cameron on the bookstore. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm Ted, it's like, oh, dude, I'm Ted. That's my secret. <laughs> oh, I yeah. Every time I write a book, right, and get one done, I'm like, this one's done. There's that like little flash of like, what if I walked into my local Barnes & Noble and it was there and people pointed at me like, he wrote that book. You know, it's like local author stand or whatever. Hasn't happened yet. Been at this for, you know, six years now. Um, <laughs> Mitch Hedberg had a really good joke about that. Um, uh, you, you remember Mitch Hedberg, right? Oh, hell yeah. Do you remember his one about how he's uh, recording the joke? He's recording the stand-up routine for a CD. Yeah. And how, like, the, the best way that he gets the stores to sell his CD is he walks in the store's and he leaves a CD there. And the guy will say, hey, you forgot something. It's like, no, you just gained inventory. <laughs> God, Mitch You're Hedberg welcome. was great. Yeah. I, yeah. I, then, I, then I go on Twitter, right? And I, and I see this celebrity's trending for this reason, or this happened, or these people are mad at this person for this reason. And it's like, man, obscurity's kind of cool, too. Uh, maybe I should be writing under a pen name. Like, then people could be mad at the pen name. They don't have to be mad at me. It's a weird, uh, like you were just saying, the internet's weird right now. It's created for a weird world. Yeah. I feel like every creative see- thing I do, it's like I'm on this treadmill and I'm running and there's a goal, but I don't know what the goal is because every time I think I know what the goal is, I think about it a little more and I go, Oh, I don't I don't know about that goal. Maybe it's something else. And so I think that's part of the reason why I get so hung up on like how am I presenting myself? How am I what do I look like in this video? What what do I sound like in this? Like it all has to like mean something, but really it should just mean no, nah, I'm having fun doing this. And if people don't like it, that's fine. Like they're not obligated to. And that that's the cutoff, right? But I can never I can never get to that point and I have a feeling I'm not the only person that, that has that problem. <laughs> I hope anyone out there listening is uh, maybe reflecting on some of these ideas and inspired to create something better than what we do. Yeah. Also, like... Because I don't, I don't make much good. I don't, like, no. Yeah, your stuff's fun. I, okay. I, it, I don't understand how there are people that don't have, like, creative hobbies. Like, if I didn't have these, I don't know what I would do with myself. Like, my life's already, like, they're boring shit, right? And and so like these are these little glimmers of, of of hope. Even when it's work, it's still like better than not having it. And so when I meet people who are like, oh yeah, I, I, I just go home and I watch TV. I do this, I do this, I do this. But I don't like, not into anything. You know, I'm not into cooking or or or, or thinking about movies more critically than oh yeah, the new Marvel movie. And 
I, I just don't know how you could do that. And it's like, it doesn't really need to be content, but God, you should have something you do that makes you fucking happy. Or be sad. I don't care. Or be sad. Be I don't care person. either. Yeah. That one's for you, Richard. Do you yeah. still even listen to this show? What? Yeah, he does. Good. Hi, Richard. He complimented our, our last show where we talked about spooky Christmases. <laughs> he, I forgot he I even referred, did that. De- yeah, he has Nightmare Before Christmas decorations on his front door. Oh, nice. He's going to be on the next episode, correct? Uh, That's the plan. We'll see how it goes. Oh, he has a topic because I don't. Uh, we might we might talk about this Death Note the musical because I do want to watch this still. Yeah, hopefully it's still up. Well, it's been over twenty days. It can be up for another seven. What? <laughs> watch tomorrow. We'll check. Oh, boy. Yeah, I I think uh this is gonna be a creative new year. We'll have fun. I hope so. I think. Do you have a glad space to share? Well, sure not this episode because this is weird. I felt like this is like this weird, fake ass version of therapy where I talked about myself way too much. So I am sorry to people who listen to this. Um, far as things that I'm glad about, uh, have I talked about Arcane? Like I know a lot of people have that League of Legends show, but because I've been watching, I that. think I did. I think that was I, the glad I, space when it started but i didn't talk about it in depth because of spoilers yeah okay so i i watched episode three yesterday and oh, i'm so really enjoying the yet? show uh, no i want to I'm talk slow. to you about it yeah i think i think i want to watch the next six a little faster because like episode three was a fucking turning point where like yeah like shit got real and this like this cemented the fact that hey this show is willing to take risks and do do narrative things I wasn't expecting it to because the first two episodes felt very young adult to me where it's like, okay, this is our cast. There's these plucky kids trying to make it in the world and it's going to be a coming of age story. And then it's like, or, or one of them's going to fuck up so bad. And then like everything is going to get really remarkably worse for everybody. And like, oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It really, uh, I, after the first episode, I wasn't sure that I cared but because there were three, it's like, well, I'll go ahead and watch all three. Mm-hmm. And then it ends <laughs> very appropriately to tell you, hey, this is interesting. It is worth your time. Yeah. So I'm I'm having a lot of fun with this show now that, that I, I mean, I was I was before, but now I'm like, fuck, yeah, I'm hyped. to Keep going. So hopefully in another week or two, maybe we can talk about Arcane uh, in more depth. That would be fun. But yeah, I recommend it. It's on Netflix. What What about you, Cameron? What are you glad about tonight? A movie came out this week that I've been looking forward to for a long time. Which one? Being the Ricardos. Oh, it wasn't Spider-Man or Matrix? I, fuck no. <laughs> Dude, you, you couldn't pay me to go see Matrix 5 or whatever shit. Oh, uh, I, I want to rewatch the Matrix trilogy and then watch the new one, which will happen, you know, between now and six months from now. Now, I'm super curious. I want you to rewatch the Matrix trilogy and then tell me if you still want to see the fourth one. That That's a good challenge, honestly. I need to go buy the third movie. I have the first two on DVD back when, like, Blu-rays did not exist. I do not have the third Matrix movie, so I got to go to Target and, and probably buy, like, the box set for $10. Being the Ricardos. 
so one of my favorite shows is I Love Lucy. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is a real story. And it's uh, it takes place during the course of one week. That was maybe the worst week of their lives. But uh, if anyone's familiar with I Love Lucy, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz were married in real life. And uh, he started cheating on her. And also the same week, the news came out that she's a communist. And also this is the week that they announced that she was pregnant, oh, which is going to ruin the show. So there's just there's a lot of drama <laughs> all in a very tense week while they're in the middle of writing and filming a show. This looks really good. It's very good. Nice. Um, The casting is amazing. They captured everyone's actual personalities so well. Like, it's not the TV personality. It's like, this is what they really like behind the scenes. Um, I'm very familiar with the story. So I'm watching it going like, yeah, wow, that's that's true. That's accurate. Wow, they did a good job. I was watching it with a friend, Anthony. He's never seen Out of Lucy. He was just watching it because it's an interesting movie. And he was really enamored with it, too. Nice. Um, Yeah, being the Ricardos, it's... uh, They spend a lot of time talking about, like, the actual show. Like, there's a meeting where the writers are going over the script. And they're critiquing jokes and going back and forth on how to improve the jokes. And then they're doing the block rehearsal where they're running through the script and trying to time everything out right and make sure the details are, are noted down. And so much of the behind-the-scenes Hollywood part of it was super fascinating because it was pretty accurately done, too. Okay. Um, so it was fun just from that angle. But the drama was well done. So I really recommend it. It got mixed reviews. I think it's like a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes or something, and I don't understand that at all. Yeah, I, I'm definitely of the point right where if I want to see a movie, I'm just gonna go see it, and if I don't like it, oh well. And if I do like it, awesome, right? Like, but now that I have yeah, I, like <laughs> more time and more money, I I don't have to be so choosy, and I don't have to read IGN to see if I'm gonna like a thing. Like and that that's so freeing. That's like the best part about being adult. I don't have to give a fuck about any of that stuff ever again. I don't know any reliable sources for reviews. Like, I don't trust anyone, so I have to, like, do my own research and judge. Yeah. Um, But Being the Ricardos is on Amazon Prime right now. So if anyone out there is curious, I do recommend that, too. Awesome. Shit, I think we got through an episode, Cameron. We did it. (sighs) Finally. It took us 199 tries, but we finally made a whole episode. We did it. We did it. We accomplished a thing. Um, well, with that, good night, everybody. With that, good night, everybody. Um, I do want to say, my EP uh, will be on Spotify de- December 29th. Uh, so if you want to listen oh, cool. to my music, finally got it up, or is scheduled for up. So the, the band name is Inanum, and the EP name is When Did the Butterflies Become Robots? And it's like a death metal, industrial, uh, techno-y a lot of weird shit going on in that but yeah if, if you want to if you want to hear me uh do some music it's now a place where normal people could find it spotify is like real like we're talking about getting a book in the bookstore 
Uh, mm-hmm. Putting something on Spotify kind of makes it feel like, wow, it's actually music. Technically not that hard to do. <laughs> I know, but there's like a thing, there's like a vibe there. Yeah. You know, in spirit. In spirit. I will say, <laughs> if you do write a kid's book and get your print-on-demand version, like there is some something to holding a physical copy of the book you wrote. Like, it's cool. Uh, I have copies of all of mine because why oh, wouldn't I? But you know, it, it's it's nice to get them and open it, flip through it, be like, this is a real book, and my words are in this, and my name is on the cover, and I did all of this, and literally anybody on the planet can do this. It's not that hard, but it's still just. If it were easy, everybody would do it, right? And and that's the thing. So like, there is there's still a sense of accomplishment, even if um, self publication it continues to become easier and easier. Just because it is doesn't mean people will actually finish. Doesn't mean people will actually go through with it and, and learn the software to format it or or whatever, right? Like, so take take your victories when you can get them, folks. Yeah, I I hope that's the real lesson people take away from. Yeah, me too. Stop being neurotic and be more happy. Christmas, goddammit, get drunk. You can't spell neurotic without neuro... Neur... Neur... neur good night, everybody. You can't spell neurotic without C-U-M. You can't spell neurotic because it's a hard word to spell. It's very long. <laughs>